I would like to preface the pre-Shabbos morning Shabbos Rosh by expressing an overwhelming sense of Akar Satov, tremendous gratitude to our dear anonymous sponsors, sponsoring the Shabbos morning, a pre-Shabbos morning, Rosh Eloi Nishmas Moshe Yisrael ben Gavriel, Hadas Abbas HaKona, Yeshaya Leib ben Harab David Yitzchak, and Malka Sarab HaSholem Eliyol, Haleim HaSholem, the Heilig and Hashem Shemizochot, to a tremendous and a continuous... I want to thank as well, Mr. Isaac Sklar, for graciously sponsoring as well, in honor of some Rabbi Feiner. It's really unnecessary, but thank you so very much. And a Rafur Shalema for all of Holy Israel. Yishkoyach to the Sklar Mishpacha, Metashem, all the Tfilis. Shabi Neskabel, Baratzen, Bekarov, and everyone who needs it. Shabi Zacha to Rafur Shalema. Yeshuas, Nechamas, Simchas, and only Besurus Tovos for many, many happy and healthy years up ahead. Be'eza Hashem Yisbarach. You read about it, you heard about it, the unbelievable story about Mr. Eli Beer, the head of Hatzalah in Eretz Yisrael, and he was interviewed last week's Mishpacha magazine, he described how we finally woke up after being on an aspirator for quite some time. And then says, Ellie, the miracle happened and the medicine worked. The next time they woke me up, I could breathe on my own. I didn't even think that I was alive. And the first thing I did was call my wife. I was so excited. I told her, we can now spend Pesach together. Uh, the only thing was, she told me that Pesach was already over. I couldn't believe it. Now let me turn your attention to the end of that article. Because you see, Morai Verabosai today is Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Emor, and it's also Pesach Sheni. And it's a Pesach Sheni that's a quasi yontif. We know many are knowing, many have the custom not to say Tachanun. On Pesach Sheni, we curtail the davening. Okay, but Lamaisa, how many of you today are truly celebrating and living and breathing on what a Pesach Sheni is all about? But there's at least one Jew in this world who is living and tasting and experiencing that joy, that sense of fulfillment of what a Pesach Sheni can bring to an individual what it brought to those who were Tommy Lemais, who had a, were in a state of impurity back when Pesach Rishon I was offered, and they turned to Moshe Rabbeinu, Parshish Balus, who relates, Gara, why should we be any worse off? We also want to bring the carbon Pesach. We also want to experience what a Pesach is all about. Well, my dear friends, and Eli Beer, Today, Israel, he did just that. The end of the article shares with us, but one thing was bothering me. When I walked down those steps, when he made his way back to Artsane Makadosha, Tertzisol, to his homeland, and a wealthy individual who had sponsored the flights, there he starts walking down the steps, continues, Ellie Beer, the happiest man in the world, seeing my family when I thought I'd never see them again. At that moment, I realized what it was. 
For the first time in my life, I missed not only being with my family at the Seder, I missed the Seder. I woke up the last day of Pesach. So I decided then and there, I am doing a Pesach Sheni Seder. A real Pesach Sheni for those, as the Torah tells us, who were far away. So next Friday, this he was interviewed last week, next Friday I'm going to have a real Seder and recount the miracle of my own personal salvation. And indeed, there are pictures going around of Eli Beer, who today, Pesach Sheni in Eretz Yisrael, he celebrated and he had a Pesach Sheni Seder. No, we don't have the schus of actually being makriv, of offering a karma Pesach. I but to Lemaisa. And Elie Beer is saying to us all that we're happy to be alive. And if we're alive and we can thank Hashem for the cheres of being alive and being a yid and having family around us, and we miss golden opportunities, then when Hashem does give you those opportunities, chaparain, seize the moment. Pesach Shani teaches us all that if you want something badly enough, hold on. And as Rashi tells us in Chumash, and those who were Tommy Lemace, who didn't have the opportunity to involve themselves in the first Pesach, they turned to Moshe Beinu on those pages, the Parsis Baloscha, we read, Alamani Garal Abilti Hakriv, why should we be anywhere soft? We also have a desire, right? So of Yerucham Levovitz, and as Sefer Das Taira, the Mir Mashkiach tells us as follows. Arashi who informs us that and we have a new parsha in the Torah, we're introduced to a parsha called Pesach Sheni, because there was a group in Kleinso that wanted something so badly, they yearned so endlessly, that craved something. And with such an unparalleled desire, they created a new parsha in the Torah. What's this based on rights of Yerucham, the Posik and Shmoslam and Gimel Zayin, who sowed Vahaya Komavake Shashem? What's the address to where of Yerucham Levovitz is sending us? We go to the pages of Parshish Kisisa. And the Torah Kadosh relates, Hamosha Yikach Esau Amosha set up his tent, Michutz, from outside the Jewish encampment. And he called to the tent of meeting, that's where the Shechina would come and speak with Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's where, let's read on. Anyone who is a Mavaki Shashem, you wanted to meet the Shechina, even if it means traveling Michutz Lamachana, but you wanted to converse to Ashaila Samoshabainu, you wanted to be next to the Shechina. Who had this host? You know who's going to be next to the Shechina? Explains of Yerucham, if you're a Mavaki Shashem, that's what Hashem wants to see. You want to get an answer from Moshabainu, you want to be Zaycha to hear the word of God, to hear it through the messenger of God, then it has to be predicated on what? And you being a Mavaki Shashem. 
If you're Mavakesh Hashem, Hashem comes down to you. If you're Mavakesh Hashem, you could have a portion the Torah called Pesach Sheni introduced. Al Yodcha, through you, you will be the conduit. You can merit to be the medium through which a Torah, HaKadoshah, will give us a new portion of Pesach Sheni. But what's it dependent on? It's contingent on one thing and one thing only. Are you a Mavakesh? Do you want it? And how badly do you want it? Eli Beer wanted a Pesach. He didn't just say, thank you, Hashem. He's saying, I missed my Pesach. I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to make my Pesach Shani the most meaningful one ever. And you bet he did that today in Eretz Yisrael. You know, gets to see the Shrine of Hayakom Avakesh Hashem. How badly do you want it? What's your unquenchable thirst in life really for? Your insatiable appetite, those desires, those yearnings. What are you yearning for if you're a Mavakish Hashem? Then Hashem says, I'm going to let you see me. I'm going to let you speak to me. I'm going to let you hear the word of Moshe Rabbeinu that's going to convey what the Shekhinah wants to convey. But it's got to come down to you being Mavakish Hashem. You mentioned the story in the past, the stipler go. He learned in Avardaki Yeshiva, along with many other great Tamini Chachamim. And when the young Rav Chaim Shmulovitz went to visit his uncle, Rav Avram Yafin, the Rosh Yeshiva, and Avardaki Yeshiva in Europe, he went to visit his dear uncle, and he says, Uncle, please show me around the basement and tell me who were the top Bachra. And he walked him around, he said, you see him, he's the biggest London, and him, he's the biggest Tzaddik, he, he's the biggest Masmid, he, he has the greatest wealth of Yadiyas and Shas and Poskim. And one by one, he would highlight and point out various milas, various aptitudes and myriad talents, characteristic of so many within that sacred base Medrash. And then he says, uncle, I understand that he's the greatest in that category, in this category, but I want to know, Achareka, Chlosako, and all is said and done, tell me, my dear uncle, Tell me who is the greatest one in this base Medrash and who's going to be the greatest of them all. And he spotted a young boy in the corner. And he says, you see that young man? His name is Yaakov Yisrael Kanievsky. The one isolated there behind that stender. The one learning he's not the most precocious of them all. He is not the Eloi Shebiluyim. He does not have the greatest ideas. He doesn't have a phenomenal memory. But he's going to be the biggest and the greatest of them all. Why? Because he's the greatest Mavakesh. Because he wants it more badly. He wants it more badly than anybody else. Kaiso, we all have a drive in life. We all have things that we yearn for, that we crave in life. Now let's turn back to those same pages of Parshas Be'aloscha. It's a Parsha that began Be'aloscha Saneros. You got to go up in life, you got to be shining, you got to think about the candles. Uh, the non-idle, the always in motion flame, the eternal flame that dwells inside you, that neshama that never is at rest, the nerashem nishmasodim that's always flickering, that's always yearning, that's always driving and propelling you to grow and to attain your loftier heights. Take your own there and keep shining and keep growing. I want it, I want this. I want more and more mitzvahs. Same Rabbeinu Yerucham tells us. Aaron Akoin, he saw the kabonis of the Nesim at the close of Parshas Noso. 
And he says, I, I want something. Yes, Rabbi Yerucham asked so many of the Bali Musar, but Aaron Cohen, you're already the Kohen Golda, you get to go the Fnai and the Fnim. You have so much already on your plate. Why do you want something else? To which Rabbi Yerucham and Bali Musar explain, because if you love mitzvahs and that's your drive, that is your goal in life, then I shall bring it on. Bring it on. I want another one and I want another one. I'm a Mavakish Hashem and Mavakish Hashem wants every single precious golden opportunity to do yet Nochamitzvah, if you're an Amnestic of Avakish, you want more and more mitzvahs. doesn't matter how many you have. doesn't matter how much Torah you already learned. You're always seeking more. You're always on fire. You're always with the bread. Heslavis wanting to grow, wanting to shtag. Mechayel ochayel. And what happens if you don't channel and direct that drive, that bikush in the right direction? Then as we turn the pages in Parsis Baloscha, what do we read? We read about the Pasha, the Slav, Klayasol, they weren't happy with just the man. They wanted the meat, Hashem sends down the Slav. And then what happens? There's a Makarab Ma'od. There's a great plague. Vayikra Hashem, Makam Ahod, Kibra there was a nation that desired things. And it was such a desire that the name of the place itself became Kibrasataiva. And what is Kibrasataiva? It's a place the Torah wants us to know. You gotta bury the Taiva, bury those bad, erroneous, fallacious, and those pejorative Taivas. Bury them deep in the ground. It's a place of Kibrasataiva. And writes the same Rav Yerucha. What is Kibras Hataiva? Koba Kosha Ledover Sheina Tzorachlo. If you're being mavakish, things that you don't really need, that's Kvarnikris Vashem Taiva. That already is stamped with the pejorative. A title of a Taiva. Vesosamaris, even something that might be food, it might be boss, or it might be slav. But if you don't really need it, and that's what you're thirsting for, and that's what you're yearning for, then that's called the Taiva. Right, so if you do you want a Bikush Lashem Shamayim, or do you want a Taiva? A Taiva is for you, a Bikush, an Emistik, a Bikush. Is for the glory of the Creator, is for the covered Hashchina. David Amalek tells us in the pages of Tehillah, and we have the off asked query that famous age old question. David Amalek, make up your mind. Is it a Which one is it, David? Moshe Shmuel Shapira, Talmud of the Briskarov, writes in his wonderful Sefer, Zov Mishva, that a Sheila is something that I request, but I don't really need it. My life doesn't depend on it. Sheila is, you want to borrow Lush and Shoel. You want to borrow someone's car. If you really needed one, you'd make sure to find a way to get it. Even if it's a 30-year-old used Chevy. But if you need a car, you're going to get it. Sheila is, I have a question. I get an answer new. I don't get answered. Oh. Bakosha is the very word as it resonates. The very word connotes the sense, right? So Moshe Shmuel Shapira, that I can't live without it. David says to the Rebona Shalom, I have one Sheila, but Hashem by me in life. It's not Stam Sheila Bama, it doesn't stay. Simply branded a Sheila by me, Osavakesh. It's a Bikush, it's a Bakosha. I can't live without it. That is my life. I can't live without Shifti Bevesh Hashem, Koyme Chayai. 
even though he has to fight wars and even though he has to deal with the problems of the people and he has to be at the forefront of Klai Yisrael, still, what's my Bikish life? I want one thing and one thing only. I want to be Mavakesh Hashem. You want to be Masakein Cheta Egel. You want to talk to Moshe Bainu. You want to rendezvous with the Shechina. You know what it comes down to? You want Mavakesh Hashem. You can choose. You want to be Mavakesh Hashem. Things you really need. Things that will transform you forever. Or you want to be Mavakesh. You want restaurants. You want food. You want drink. You want alcohol. You want your tobacco. Your marijuana. You want your fun and your games and your shows and your movies. That's a taiva. Because we all know you can live without it. What's life all about? This week's Parsha, Parsha Samar, we have to make a Kiddush Hashem. And a Kiddush Hashem is the Gemara Yuma Pevav relates. You got to go out there and you got to show the world, be that old Gaya. That they look at the Jews and say, well, look at how he walks, look at how he talks. Well, you know what the world needs to see? The world needs to see that we, the Yid and Klai Yisrael, are going to be the models that we're living our lives to be Mavakshay Hashem. To be in pursuit of living life and loving life and loving it. Why? Not for us, not for our own personal gratification, not for big and fancy cars, fancy clothing and jewelry, and all the culinary delights. It's not to satisfy your own taivas. Give us a taiva, let's bury the taiva. Taiva takes you out of the world. But in Mavakesh Hashem, that's how you grow, that's how you steig in this world. Someone wrote in to Reader's Digest a while back, a wonderful piece. It was by Jerry Zezima. And he laments how when he talks to his children, and he asks his kids when they come home from school in America, how was school today? Child says, fine. What did you do? Child says, nothing. Uh, do you have any homework? I don't know. Ask your child about any subject directly involving him or her, and you'll get one of three responses. Fine, nothing, or I don't know. What's happening in the world? Says, can you imagine if these children grow up to be the leaders of tomorrow? And we might hear the following interaction. The reporter says, Mr. President, how did the summit go today? President, fine. A reporter, what did you discuss? President, nothing. A reporter, does this mean that the world is on the brink of nuclear disaster? I don't know. A client, so what are we producing? He closes his article as follows. Another irritating response today's parents get is nobody. For example, if the phone rings and your teenager answers it and stays on the line for 45 minutes, and eventually, perhaps because of a house fire, has to hang up, and you ask who called, the response will almost always be, nobody. And the really scary part is that your child's friend will say the same thing to his or her parents when they ask the very same question. Maybe that's why some people grow up to be nobodies. All I could say, parents, if you don't want your children to be nobodies, let's teach them what life is all about. Class, so life is about the living life, but living it to be Mavakesh Hashem. Not to satisfy your own type, as Pesach Sheni taught us and will always continue to teach us. We want more mitzvahs and more mitzvahs. We want Mimachadish in the Torah. We want to get closer to Hashem, even if we're not obligated. Any golden opportunity, Hashem, throw it our way. I just want to close with an email that I received already weeks ago when the coronavirus was at its peak in Italy. And a resident of Italy was talking about all the things he was gaining, an epiphany, an awakening he had, appreciating what life was all about. And he realized 
that at home people might think they're prisoners because of Mr. Coronavirus. But indeed, it does us a great favor despite everything. Because living in this time is freeing us from arrogance because we see that we are nothing and we have no control of anything. It frees us from envy because we understand that it is useless and it shows us the way back to God. Finally, it makes us turn to God and in the end, it is He and only He who can protect us. So taking a balance sheet, Mr. Coronavirus can even kill us. But at the end of the day, He certainly teaches us to live. Let's live. But let's live in the mitzvahs, let's live with the mitzvahs. Let's live lives with the model of Pesach Sheni, always at the forefront of our heart and mind. Have Hashem, I want to be a Mavakesh Hashem. I want to get closer to you, I want to wear mitzvahs, so bring it on. So you have time to think about it. Think about the living life. Think about what life is all about. Bury your taivas for Dvorm Gashmian, for the non-essentials. And go ahead and conjure up that flame of living life as an emistic and mavake shashem, always on a quest to get ever closer. Abishtar, I want you, I want your Torah, and I want your mitzvahs. So Klayiso, go out and enjoy a labor dick of and Pesasheni, and have a relaxing, most meaningful, a brand exciting filled, Kabbalah Shabbos up ahead, a good Shabbos.